It's like I was talking to myself, but then there you are. Well, good morning and welcome to Coffee with Scott Adams. Um, I'd like to tell you that it's the best thing that's ever happened to you, but I think you already knew that. Shut up, printer. Got a ghost printer over there that's making noise for no good reason. Hey, would you like to uh, enjoy today's show? More than you ever have before. Well, all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tank or chalice of tie, and a canteen jug or flask. A vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure of the dopamine of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's going to make everything better. Watch. Go. Ah. Can you turn off commercials at the beginning because you missed the simultaneous sip? Well, two things. Uh, You can watch without commercials at the moment. I I have the video live stream also running on the Locals platform. So if you go to scottadams.locals.com, you'll find me there, and the live stream happens at the same time but without, without commercials. Now... Uh, I won't always have it open on Locals, but at the moment it is, just to give people a sample. Later it'll be closed over there, so if you want to watch it without commercials, you'd have to pay the subscription fee. But at the moment, at the moment, you get uh, no commercials on Locals. And if, um, if you're on YouTube, by the way, and you're a subscriber, you don't get commercials on YouTube. And if... I, I hate to do a commercial for YouTube... But YouTube is just the best frickin' thing in the world. <laughs> it really is. In terms of content and entertainment, that's short enough content for your attention span and anything you want in the world is there. So if there's, one, if there's just one subscription service you're going to get, I would do YouTube to get rid of the commercials. And I would do that before I would even tell you to sign up for my own subscription. Right? So of all the subscription things you could get, the one that is absolutely the best of value is the YouTube one, so you skip the commercials. Well, uh, Joe Biden is doing something I'm liking. Am I allowed? Will you allow that I can compliment Joe Biden when he does things right? I, ho- I hope that's okay in today's polarized environment. But apparently the U.S., uh, the U.K., and Australia are making some kind of military alliance to just beef up our, um, I guess, our alliances against China. Now, what do you think of that? Good? Good or bad? Well, I would say good. And if Trump had been doing this, I would say thumbs up. But Biden's doing it, so I'm going to say thumbs up for him too. This looks like exactly what we need to do. Um, The smart people are saying that the only way to contain China is for the non-China countries to band together as sort of a a safety group. And this is just perfect. Everything about this I like. Is there anybody who doesn't like this? Is there anybody who doesn't think it's a good idea for the UK, Australia, and the US to have an alliance against China? Somebody says bad. I saw one person say bad. I don't know. To me, this just looks like a, a home run. 
I mean, it's exactly what we should be doing. So good on Biden for that. All right, I'm going to make you mad again. Um, so General Milley has finally commented on his um, talking to China. And sorry about the allergies today. It's bad. And I told you that uh, after reconsidering, I gave General Milley a pass on his call to China. You know, it's not my job to give him a pass, but <laughs> I suppose as, as an observer, we all get an opinion. Um, and he said that his call was uh, just normal stuff, perfectly within the duties and responsibilities of the job, and that uh, uh, calling, a, calling another country to uh, um, reassure both allies and adversaries that we have uh, strategic stability. To which I say, I don't know, I think that was his job. At the same time, maybe he needs to get fired, and I'm not, I don't think that's inconsistent. Meaning that uh, maybe he did go over Biden's head. If that's the case, he needs to go. But if he was just doing his job, and I think he makes a reasonable case that this was within the realm of just normal work, he's fine. Now, I'm not going to give General Milley a pass in general, no pun intended. Um, you know, I'm not saying that uh, that what he did in Afghanistan was a, an A plus, obviously. But God, I've got sorry, just the allergies that killed me today. It's going to be embarrassing, more than usual. But yeah, he still looks dumb. But I, I think this, I think maybe we got a little ahead of ourselves on this General Milley bashing, and because he's a military guy. Um, would you agree that his military service requires that we give him extra, a little extra consideration? Don't you think? It just seems reasonable. You know, he gave uh, however many decades of service to his country, um, and I think we owe him in return the, the, the highest level of um, giving him the benefit of a doubt, the highest level. Which doesn't mean he's perfect, but in this case, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him that benefit of a doubt. Rasmussen poll uh, asks if uh, Biden has humiliated the country with his uh, abandoning of Americans behind uh, Taliban lines. And 70% of people asked by a Rasmussen poll said that they agree or somewhat agree that he's uh, humiliated the country. How many people do you think thought that we had not humiliated the country? About 25%. <laughs> you know, the, the standard 25% who gets every question wrong. <laughs> anything, that's, anything that's 70% or more, you should regard as 100%. Because there's always that 25% who resist all common sense. <laughs> they resist any kind of data. And they're just going to say the opposite of whatever makes sense, no matter what the question is. So 70% say it's a humiliation. I think you could call that 100%. Here's a weird thing. If I said to you, my favorite music or favorite song or favorite band is X, what, what would likely be your comments? Well, let's try it. I'm going to try an actual experiment. Um, 
I enjoy Kanye West's music. In the comments, tell me if you agree or disagree. I enjoy Kanye West's music. I'm not saying every song, but as an artist, tremendous body of work. Seeing lots of yeses, but lots of noes. Lots of noes. Now, isn't that a normal response? Don't you think a normal response to anybody saying they like an artist or like some music is a bunch of people say yes, and then some other bunch of people would say no? Wouldn't that be the most normal response you'd expect, right? But here's the weird part. So most of you already know that Akira the Don um, created a new form of music he calls Meaning Wave uh, that involves some podcaster voices such as mine. His newest one has my voice on it, and it's, it's modified, and it becomes sort of the lyrics to the music. And it works way better than it sounds when I describe it. <laughs> but here's the weird thing. So, you know, I've been part of helping to promote it. By the way, I don't have any financial interest in it. Um, I have zero financial interest. So when I promote it, it's because I think it's fun. That's it. I don't have any any interest in it financially. But I haven't heard a single person say they don't like it. I've never seen that before. Can you imagine promoting in public a musical, music-related content and having nobody say they don't like it? Nobody? <laughs> I'm literally not one person. Now, I've heard people who haven't seen it or haven't heard it, but I haven't heard anybody who doesn't like it. Um, some people say they won't listen to it. I'm looking at some of the comments. Uh, okay, I got one. I got one here. <laughs> okay. So if I force the question, I guess, you know, you can always get somebody who doesn't like anything. Music, like everything else, all other art is subjective. But I was kind of surprised at how positive the response has been. Even, you know, obviously not everybody likes anything. Anyway, so check that out. Um, if I were to ask you, what is the one health-related alpha practice? Think of all the things you do for your health. Okay. All, all the things, every, every element of things that get to your health. And be expansive about it. You know, Don't do just the obvious eating and exercise. But just think of all the things you do for your health. What's your number one? What's the one you've got to get right? In the comments, tell me, what's the one thing you just got to get right? Oh, breathing is a good, uh, that's a good answer. That's not what I was going for, but whoever said deep breathing... You should look into that. So I'm, I'm not a big proponent or expert on breathing, but I feel like there's probably something there. So I'd say research that on your own. I can't give you much on that. Uh, a lot of people saying diet. The answer is sleep. Sleep. Because do you know what sleep influences? Your diet. <laughs> do you know what sleep influences? Your exercise. Do you know what sleep influences? your social life. And all of those things affect your, your health, right? You have to get to sleep right. And in fact, I'm going to reveal to you an extreme bias I have in judging people. I don't like to judge people. So it's not that I'm judging you know, their value as human beings. That's not what I'm getting at. But I do judge people in terms of whether they would be effective. Effective. 
know, can they do stuff? Can they get stuff done? Can they set a, you know, set a path for themselves and then follow it? Check their sleep patterns. It'll tell you everything you know, need to know about a person. Everything you need to know about a person, you can deduce from their sleep patterns. And once you know that, all the rest is obvious to you. Show me somebody who has a bad sleep pattern, and I'll show you somebody who doesn't eat right every fucking time. And part of it's because of the lack of sleep. If you, did you know that being uh, sleepy makes you hungry? How many of you knew that? In the, in the comments, tell me, did you know that being sleepy makes you hungry? And not hungry for a good reason. It doesn't make you hungry for the right reason. You just confuse the two feelings. Your brain confuses them. Yeah. So imagine if you got your sleep right. Suddenly your diet is better. Suddenly you've got uh, enough energy to exercise. Suddenly you've got enough little extra energy to go out and socialize. Now your social life is better. People are happier to be around you because you've got the right kind of energy. Everything. So I was um, on uh, CNN. They've got a very useful article. By the way, as much as I mock CNN, um, and this is good practice, by the way. I I like to model this. I, I recommend this all the time. Don't think you're a very credible person if you can't say something good about whoever you're criticizing. Right? If you can't do that, you're probably not a credible observer of anything. Right? One of the things that I note about CNN, who I mock continuously, is that their non-news content is often really good. <laughs> like when they do the history stuff, history of the United States, like the 70s and the 60s, it's really good stuff. Very strong content. And a lot of their health-related stuff is really strong, too. So there's an article on CNN about sleep being the, you know, the main system you need to get right. Psychologist John Duff- Duffy. And he says, here, here's a strong statement from somebody who's a psychologist, a you know, working psychologist. He says, I find that the development of better sleep habits is among the quickest, most effective ways to improve mental well-being for an individual or a family, for an individual, or a family. That's right. If you're not getting enough sleep, you might be messing up with the whole family. Right? Imagine if, any, if one of the parents doesn't get enough sleep. What happens to the spouse? What happens to the kids? Well, you know the answer to that, right? One member of the family not having good sleep patterns just messes everything up in the family. You've probably seen it. I mean, yourself, I'm sure. Um... So, all right, so take this, take this as, uh, as the base for the next conversation. How, let me ask you this. How many of your kids uh, get to bed somewhat on time during the school week but then stay up way late on the weekends? How many of you have kids that have that pattern? Or yourself. How many of you have that pattern where you sleep completely different schedules on weekends versus weekdays? All right, if you do that... If you have a radically different sleep schedule on the weekends than the weekdays, I know you will not be successful in life. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's pretty much a direct correlation. If you can't get that one thing right, you're probably not going to have the most effective life. 
Because it's so obvious that you have to get that thing right. Nothing else works. If you don't have the, um, what is it, emotional... Is it emotional intelligence um, to make a sacrifice? Because having the same sleep schedule is, is definitely a sacrifice. Like every time you go to sleep, it's a sacrifice because you want to stay up. You know, you want to stay up another couple hours. It'd be fun. So it's a sacrifice. Um, but yeah, when you see somebody who does the wildly different sleep patterns depending on the day and the time, you, they're going nowhere. Um, and so if your kids are doing that, you should talk to them. All right, um, Facebook did a study. I mentioned this, but there's more about it. Uh, the Instagram might be damaging the mental health of young girls, especially their uh, self-esteem and how they feel about their bodies. Now, I'm going to go a little bit further and say we shouldn't let anybody under 18 use social media. Is there anybody left in the world who thinks it's healthy? Anybody? Now, I think there are plenty of pluses of social media. I'm using it right now. Um, But for an adult, for an adult, there's lots of stuff that we don't let kids do. Don't let them drink. Don't let them drive. Right? Why is this different? You know, and I heard somebody say, hey, personal freedom, personal freedom. Not for children. (laughs) There's no such thing as personal freedom for children. That's not a standard we would ever want to embrace. Adults, sure. Once you're 18, go wild. Get your social media. Spend all day on it. I don't care. But as a child, you're clearly damaging children. Clearly. And so why is that allowed? Why is that allowed? And so it makes me wonder, could we have a, somebody run for president as a Save the Children candidate? who would be promoting school choice, because that's the first thing killing kids. They're not getting good educations. Got to have school choice, and that means the teachers' unions have to be thwarted. Stopping fentanyl from China as a top priority. Banning social media for anybody under 18. And maybe you could throw in you know, free health care for children or something. I mean, in effect, children have some form of free health care because they're not going to get turned away. But I think it should be official. I think if you're under 18, it should just be free health care. Now, um, would that person win? Who exactly runs against the pro-child candidate? School choice, not as important as you think, Scott. Um, it's not the school choice part so much. It's the getting the teachers' unions and of, of full control, because then you let competition do its thing. So on day one, school choice doesn't make much difference. I would say, on day one. On uh, but you know, check back in five years, and competition should make a difference. All right, um, the number of states with obesity—I uh, I forget the exact thing they measured—but something like uh, twice as many states have too much obesity since 2018. It's like a a gigantic increase in obesity in the United States. Now, I asked my followers, who follow my content in any form, uh, if they lost weight or gained weight during the pandemic. And here are the answers. So people who say they follow me, 
Um, their answers were, I think, 27 per... Yeah. Here it is. Um, 27% of my followers lost weight during the pandemic, or 2020 anyway. Um, but two-thirds either stayed the same or... No, two-thirds actually stayed the same or lost weight. Two-thirds. That's not bad. One-third uh, gained. Now, uh, somebody says you played a small role in, in me losing 120, 128 pounds. My God. <laughs> Wait a minute. What was the name on that? Kevin Smith? You're not the Kevin Smith, are you, who lost a lot of weight? Um, probably not. Probably a lot of Kevin Smiths. Um, you lost 55 pounds. Holy. Lost 25. I'm, I'm just reading the comments. Yeah, not that Kevin Smith. <laughs> You've been asked that before. Lost 15. I'm just lost a hundred, uh, lost ten, lost fifteen. Great job, seven so far, twenty, thirty-five. Lost twenty. Oh my God, lost forty-five. Lost. Uh, are you seeing these comments? I'm looking at two different platforms, so you don't see them all. Lost forty. Lost thirty-five. Lost thirty-five. Eighty-nine. A hundred. Is that true? Jason, did you really lose a hundred pounds? Oh, my God. Lost 50? Lost 73? Are these real? Seriously, is this real? I'm a little blown away right now. Lost 2. Good job. Lost 30. but uh, Heartbreak. Sorry. Um, lost 15. Lost 30. <laughs> lost 15, but it was my dog. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> That was funny, but it was terrible. Oh, my God. Lost 25. Lost 51. Uh, Now I think you're just making stuff up. This couldn't be true, could it? Lost 14, 20. My God. Um, Incredible. Lost weight because you stopped eating during the toilet paper shortage. Anyway, um, congratulations. So uh, the reason I asked, and I don't think I could tell from my unscientific Twitter poll, is that I had a, I had a hunch that people who followed my content would be more likely to lose weight and get in shape during a crisis. Because if there's anything I've taught you, it's how to use a crisis to your advantage. I mean, I talk about it all the time, and I talk about health and fitness all the time. So it did, it did seem to me that people who follow me would have greater weight loss or weight maintenance than other people. All right. Um, so Ron DeSantis there in Florida, apparently he had a good thing going there with the Regeneron, and he was setting up lots of stations to get Regeneron if you had COVID. But now the Biden administration and Health and Human Services have decided to ration it to the states. <laughs> so it totally screws up his whole plan that was working great. Now he's got to ration it, and it's not, not going to work as well. Now, do you believe any graphs you see on, on the Internet 
Because you really shouldn't. <laughs> you really shouldn't. So this morning alone, I saw two graphs. One showing that the death rate in Florida recently, in just the last few days, has plunged. It's plunged. You know, it was way up there spiking for the summer, but now it's plunging. And then I saw another one that says it's worse than ever. <laughs> or it's near the peak. Now, both, both of those pieces of data I saw today. One was official and one was on the Internet. Now, they're opposites. And it's as opposite as you can get. You couldn't be more opposite than the curve has already crashed to the curve is at the top. Don't believe any graph you see on the Internet. I don't know how more forcefully I can tell you that. Don't believe any graph on the Internet. I, I don't know the last time I saw one that, that was credible. What about three graphs on the Internet? Well, good question. Um, speaking of graphs you should not believe on the Internet, today I saw another one. Uh, uh, that there were more traffic fatalities in 2020 than any year since 2007, which, uh, and I think Paul Collider was tweeting this. And this would suggest that more people died on the highway during the pandemic than during normal traffic. What do you think? True or false? Uh, now, apparently this is... Um, Okay, I just realized that I was reading a, a tweet about traffic deaths from somebody whose last name is Collider. Okay. <laughs> um, so, the, uh, uh, that was the simulation talking to us. Do you believe that? So, somebody said they were hearing it during 2020. Uh, no, no, this can't be true. Now, here's the argument for how it could be true. The argument for how it could be true is that with less traffic, the traffic speeds went up, which might suggest fewer small accidents but more fatalities, right? I don't think so. (laughs) I'm not buying any of this. And then it also said that the amount of uh, miles driven was down 13% in 2020. Do you buy that? Do you think the miles driven was only down 13% in 2020? That can't be even close, can it? I would have said at least 25. I don't think it's even close. So I'm going to say that this data looks to me so, so obviously ridiculously wrong. Now, let's be fair. I predicted that, deaths, that net, net deaths might actually go down. This was before I knew the pandemic was an endemic. But when it looked like it was going to be a temporary pandemic, I suggested that maybe the death rate would go down because you'd save so many people in car accidents it, it might pay for the rest. Now, it turns out the car accidents is a tiny amount of how many people COVID can kill, so it wouldn't have made that much difference in the end. Um, so my, that was maybe the worst prediction I've ever made. So the point is, I had, a, I had sort of a prediction out there that would make me look wrong if this is right. So am I suffering from cognitive dissonance? Because that's the trigger. The trigger for cognitive dissonance is that you've, you've committed to some belief and then you're proven that it's wrong. And then instead of changing your mind, you just fantasize some way that you're really right after all. Am I doing that? In your opinion, am I doing that right now? 
Because it feels like it. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Because my, my sense that, the, that this data is completely wrong is just sort of a judgment. Right? It just, it just feels like it's wrong. It feels like it's way wrong. But that could be cognitive dissonance, right? So I wouldn't take my word for this. This is one of those situations where you have to learn, learn to look for your own triggers. So how much credibility should I put in my own opinion right now? Normally I give my own opinion pretty high credibility. But how much should I give my own opinion that this traffic data is probably wrong? How much, how much weight should I give my own opinion? Not much, unfortunately. Because I have a trigger. There's a trigger. And the trigger is that I publicly said, I think, you know, at one point I'd said, I think that the deaths might actually go down, net. But now it looks like not only did they not go down, but they, got, they went up. That's a trigger. So in theory, I should be triggered into cognitive dissonance. But as I, I saw somebody mention on the Internet yesterday... If you're aware of the triggers, can you avoid them? The fact that I'm aware that this is a probable cognitive dissonance trigger for me, personally, does that help me get out of it? Nope. <laughs> it doesn't help at all. You would, think, you would think it would. You'd think that just knowing you're in a situation that pretty much guarantees you're going to get triggered you'd think that that would help you not get triggered. doesn't. doesn't change my opinion one bit. And I'm aware of it. I'm completely aware of it, that I'm probably not right. Still doesn't change my opinion. That's how it works. That's how cognitive dissonance works. If I could just know what it was and then avoid it, I'd do it. But you can't. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Logically, it doesn't work that way, because cognitive dissonance is the thing you can't tell you have. Well, Laura Loomer, how many of you know Laura Loomer? She's a, uh, often described as a uh, far-right activist who they say... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's... Carpe uh, Doctum is saying, what about the majority of people on the road being people who can't afford not to work and they are statistically worse drivers? The people who can't afford not to work... So in other words, low-income people would be worse drivers? Mm, I don't know that there's any you know, statistical backing for that. I don't know. It seems to me that a lot of uh, blue-collar drivers have trucks. <laughs> and when was the last time you saw... Let me ask you this. When was the last time you saw an automobile accident that involved a pickup truck? Think how many pickup trucks there are on the road. I've never seen one. Have you? <laughs> I mean, I know they happen, but I've never seen one. Think of all the pickup trucks. I would argue, Carpe, that the people driving pickup trucks are not high income, probably had to go to work. And I don't... <laughs> so it took two seconds for somebody to post a picture on locals of a pickup truck in an accident. I'm just saying I don't see them. I, I feel like low-income, or let's say blue-collar. I think blue-collar drivers are probably pretty good, is my guess. And, and I'll, I'll even add to this, uh, Carpe. 
How many blue-collar workers are drivers for a living? <laughs> I mean, you've got your Uber drivers, your truck drivers, your cab drivers. There's a lot of people in that, uh, in that economic group that drive for a living. Anyway, but I, 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 I get the comment. That was provocative. So Laura Loomer, far-right, as she is often described, she's sometimes described as anti-Muslim, I don't know if that's an accurate description. Um, and she's been the anti-vaccination. And, of course, what do you think happened to a notable far-right person who was anti-vaccination? That's right. She got a bad case of the coronavirus, and apparently it's just kicking her ass, and it hurts like crazy. She's doing Regeneron and hydroxychloroquine and some other stuff. Um, but here's my take on this. You know, this was reported in the, the Daily Beast and a lot of other outlets picked it up. But is there some kind of creepy level of implied delight in these stories? Are you picking that up? I feel as if these are presented to the audience of these various publications as like a candy. It's like, oh, this is going to make you feel good. Let me tell you about somebody who had a really bad experience on the other team. It's going to make you feel great. I feel like it's creepy, isn't it? Now, I get why it's newsworthy. We all understand why it's newsworthy. And I even think that if they're trying um, to persuade people to get vaccinated, (laughs) that they probably really believe that that's a good thing. And that it's... Excuse me. And, and I think probably, you know, they, they think they're helping. But it feels like just the worst of humanity, doesn't it? Now, I'm not going to, you know, defend anything that Laura Loomer does. Right? That's for her. Laura Loomer can defend herself. So she has to defend her views. That's not me. But when we say that because of her views on other topics well, also the vaccination views, that therefore she's maybe um, an object of entertainment. Entertainment. How do you feel about that? That somebody's sick and they might die, and you're, like, laughing at it. Because, oh, irony. Yeah, I guess they were right. Or, no, I guess they were wrong. It just feels creepy and awful, really. But I get why it's, I get why it's in the news. I mean... We all understand that. All right. I believe that that is just about everything I wanted to say. Um, yeah, thoughts and players. Yeah, the, the Herman Cain thing, same thing. How many, how many people on the left were celebrating the death of Herman Cain? I mean, that's just creepy and awful. Um, <laughs> You un- somebody says they unfriended people who uh, were happy when Trump got coronavirus. Yeah, that... Oh, sleep advice. Somebody's asking for some sleep advice. Well, since I talked about it, let me give you some sleep advice. All right, now this is pretty basic stuff. You could Google this and you'd see the same advice. Number one, have the same schedule, as I mentioned. Go to bed around the same time, you know, within an hour or so and get up about the same time within an hour or so. 
makes a huge difference, even on weekends. Now, uh, and when I go to bed too late, I still get up early to try to reset myself at least for the day after. You might have to burn a day, because sometimes you just have to stay up late. You don't have a choice. Um, but, but I'll burn that day and, and, readjust, and readjust for the next day. You don't want to be in a permanent bad sleep situation. Next thing is don't look at too many screens after you go to sleep. Screens keep you awake. Next, make sure that you have exercised that day. Uh, I don't know how universal this is, but I suspect it's probably just a normal physiological thing. On days that I exercise, I sleep like a baby. Pretty much every time. And days that I did not get enough exercise, I do not. Now, that might not apply to you. I don't know how much that's individual. But the general advice is to track what things you did during the day and how that affected your sleep. I've tracked this, and I can tell you it's one-to-one. If I exercise, I sleep well. If I don't, I don't. You know, short of any kind of emergency that happens at night, it's just one-to-one. It just works every time. I would not... Uh, if you're doing sleep um, stuff... Sorry. If you're doing um, Ambien or some kind of sleeping pill or something like that, uh, the total number of times I've taken Ambien in my life is zero. The, t- the total number of times I plan to take Ambien in my life is zero. I mean, I just... That's a pretty heavy drug to put in your body just to get to sleep. Now, I get that sometimes maybe people just need it. But you're doing everything wrong if you need that. Now, I do admit that marijuana is a big part of my sleeping schedule. Indica, specifically. Don't do sativa. That wakes you up. There are two kinds of two general kinds of marijuana and then lots of subtypes within them. But if you do the one subtype, it wakes you up and it's good for working. And the other type makes you relaxed and it's good for sleeping. So indica is the one that's good for sleeping. If you don't use it any other time during the day, because you, know, you don't want to lose your edge or whatever it is you don't want to do, um, if you do it before bedtime, it's probably going to be fine. And you wake up actually feeling refreshed. You don't wake up feeling stoned. I'm seeing some people uh, suggest melatonin. I have no experience with it, and I'm not a doctor, so I neither recommend it nor non-recommend it. But it would be on the list of things to look into. I'd look into it if I were you. And I've seen some other things that people suggest that I don't have any experience with. So I would say, and by the way, I'm going to give you a philosophy. You ready? This is, this is a winner's philosophy. And it's one that I try to instill in myself just by repetition. Right? And it's not something that I naturally came by. It's something I developed. It goes like this. If you can't sleep, you didn't work hard enough. Do you feel that? If you can't get to sleep, it's not because you're bad at sleeping. (laughs) It's because you didn't work hard enough. If you work hard enough, you'll sleep. Period. If you work hard enough, you will sleep. In fact, you won't even be able to avoid it. Sleep will be guaranteed. So now, of course, that's not you know perfectly true correlation, right? <laughs> but uh, I find it good as a philosophy. 
Because it tells me that I've, got, I've left something on the table. I've, it told me that I left something on the table that day. I either didn't exercise enough, didn't put enough work in you know, creatively or number of hours. There's something I did wrong that day. And so the, the thing is to fix it. All right, now, suppose you're in bed. It's uh, 2 in the morning and you can't sleep. What do you do? Because this is technique as well. Well, here's what the experts say. If you stay in bed and can't sleep, you will be training yourself that bed is a place you can't sleep. Did you get that? This is a hypnotist trick. We associate things automatically. So anytime two things happen at the same time, we start associating them. So if you lay in bed at 2 a.m. and you're in bed, like actually under the covers, and you can't sleep, what do you do? Because you don't want to stay in bed not sleeping. Because that will train you that bed is where you don't sleep. You get up. <laughs> uh, over on the uh, locals platform, I won't name your name, but we have the helpful suggestion to masturbate. Now, I didn't bring it up. But if you can't get to sleep after masturbating, well... <laughs> It certainly makes things easier if you can pull that off, so to speak, if you can pull it off. You know what I mean? Wink, wink. Um, so let me finish my point. If, uh, if you can't sleep, uh, try masturbating. Very good sleep technique. Quite serious about that. And secondly, if you can't sleep, get up. Get up. So... Being, being awake and walking around when you can't sleep is, is how you want to train yourself. What happens if you get up and stay up for, like, let's say, 20 minutes, half an hour? You'll want to go back to sleep. Because it turns out that if you get up at 2 in the morning, what happens to you? You get really tired. <laughs> Just try walking around at 2 in the morning. If you're still wide awake at 2 in the morning, just stay up. Maybe you, didn't, you just didn't need enough sleep. You'll be, you'll be tired the next day. So the next day you'll probably you know, catch up. Just keep your, your time to bed the same. Now, um, I've told you that there are a number of times that I wake up at 3 a.m. when I'm not planning to. You know, I, I set my alarm for 5. That's like the, the latest I would like to ever sleep. But I don't like to get up to the alarm. Somewhere between 3 and 4.30 is my sweet spot. And if I'm awake at 3 a.m., I just get up. And I've never really felt any bad impact from it. And, yes, and sleeping during the day is, is bad. If you need to take a nap, here's another hint. If you need to take a nap, 30 minutes maximum. If you sleep for two hours during the day, you're in trouble. <laughs> your, your whole sleep pattern will be messed up. But 30 minutes... You can just take the edge off of your exhaustion and maybe get, get to bedtime on time. Yeah, 21 minutes. Somebody says, my naps are 21 minutes. That's a strangely specific number, but that's about right. Yeah, 20, 30 minutes. Um, all right, just see if you have any other tips. Somebody says, smoke a cigarette. I'm not going to recommend that. Um, Yeah. Now, have you tried ASMR? 
If you don't know what ASMR is, Google it. Give it a try. It'll either work or not. ASMR, um, I don't know what the letters stand for, but it's, uh, it's weird little YouTube videos and other places, I assume, where you hear people doing uh, things that make subtle background noises or they're talking, and uh, it's relaxing. So apparently it's just relaxing for a lot of people to hear people fussing around in their environment. Now, have you ever had the experience of taking a nap on the couch when other members of your family are doing something around the house? It's actually better, isn't it? You know, you'd think to yourself, no, the family is noisy, so how can I take my nap? Well, if you're ready for a nap, you can sleep through anything, right? If it's not a recreational nap. If you actually need a nap, you can sleep through anything. And I find it very relaxing to feel the just low-level, you know, footsteps and, and, you know, just casual noises of people living their life. (laughs) Very relaxing. So ASMR is sort of a version of that, where you hear some background noise and it just makes you feel there's some people around and those people are happy and doing stuff and makes you fall asleep. Uh, Yes, I'm seeing a comment here that alcohol sleep is not sleep. That is correct. If you drink alcohol and pass out, you're not sleeping in the the good way that you want to sleep. Meditation and breathing, also good. Um, uh, I'm not an expert on breathing exercises, but look it up. I do think there's something there that would help a lot. All right, those are some tips. And uh, Boo seems a little bit better. Thanks for asking. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.